Hello. So welcome to our master class from the EPSAS and from the introduction we saw the various things that we need to understand in uh, the EPSAS, how it came into being, what it does and how it will help us. Then I gave you a preview of the various standards that we're going to be discussing. From now till the end of this master class we'll be taking the standards one after the other, practice them, find out the details about the standard, the various requirements in the standards. Most importantly, we'll be focusing on four things in each standard that we pick as much as possible, and that is going to be the recognition criteria, the measurement basis, the presentation, as well as the disclosure requirements. So these four are going to be the bedrock, the key issues that we're going to be tackling when we pick any standard in relation to that. And it's my objective that after we go through these standards, and most importantly, at the end of each accounting standard, you will be able to appreciate and understand this APSAS and know that uh, it is just from the IASs, the IFRSs, that we are just flipping up and bringing into the public sector. And that is most importantly something critical that you need to understand. So, APSAS 1. What is APSAS 1? You remember what we said? Write it down. APSAS 1. What is it? Presentation of financial statements. Presentation of financial statements. And this is based on the IES one, you know already from financial reporting. So let's look at the objective and the scope of the standard. Number one, let's look at the objective of IEPSAS 1. The objective of this standard is to prescribe the manner in which general purpose financial statements should be presented to ensure comparability both with the entity's financial statements of previous periods and with the financial statements of other entities. So that is the objective of this standard. It's going to prescribe how general purpose financial statements should be presented. Now, the reason why we need to understand how the manner in which they should be presented is to enhance comparability of the organization's general purpose financial statement for, from one year to the previous year and as well as enhance the compar uh, comparability of the financial statement of one entity with, another, with other entities. So that is the key objective of EPSAS 1. The second question we ask ourselves is, what is the scope? What is the reach? Who qualifies to use these standards? What organizations can implement these standards and what do we use here? One, this standard shall be applied to all general purpose financial statements prepared and presented under the accrual basis of accounting in accordance with EPSAS. So once an entity is preparing uh, accounting financial statements using the accrual basis of EPSAS, EPSAS 1 applies to that entity. General purpose financial statements are those intended to meet the needs of users who are not in a position to demand reports tailored to meet their particular uh, information needs. Users of general purpose financial statements include taxpayers, you know those already, ratepayers, members of the legislature, creditors, suppliers, the media, employees, controller, accountant, general department, international organizations like the IMF, the World Bank, uh, the NIDA uh, the donor communities, and all that, other countries like China, like the United Kingdom, like the United States, all of these are users of financial statements. So they are able to use the standard there in relation to that. They are able to use the financial statements and the way we make it in a manner that they can easily use it is uh, through the EPSAS one. Then the third one, scope. 
stone scope. This standard applies to all public sector entities other than general business, sorry, government business enterprises, GBEs, government business enterprises. Now, so I want you to understand what is happening here. We will define what government business enterprises are, okay? These are state-owned organizations on their own, and they use IESs and IFRSs. But all other organizations must apply the EPSAS one, and we'll get into the details in relation to that. Okay, so that is the objective, okay? To prescribe the manner in which general purpose financial statement will be prepared to enhance comparability of financial statement to the previous year, and also the financial statement of the entity with other entities. There are some key definitions that we need to understand when we are dealing with EPSAS one. Because there are a lot of terminologies, like I said, it's the same as the IAS one, but there are terminologies here that we need to understand. So let's look at some key definitions prescribed by this standard. One, accrual basis. Accrual basis means a basis of accounting under which transactions and other events are recognized when they occur and not when cash or cut or its equivalent is received or paid okay so accrual basis of accounting like you know already it means that we are recognizing transaction and events not when cash is received or paid but when the transaction actually takes place for that reason the elements that we recognize under the accrual basis include what assets liabilities revenue expenses uh equity like the elements you know them already from financial reporting right okay so what are assets? What are assets? Pause the video and write the definition down. What are assets? If this is the first time you are hearing assets, what are assets? Okay, what are assets? Pause the video and write a definition down. Assets. Don't tell me they are things we own. <laughs> That's wrong. That's wrong. So what are assets? In a simple language, we say that assets are resources you controlled by an entity as a result of past events from which future economic benefits or service potential are expected to flow to the entities. The key word in that definition, as always I say, is what? Control. So assets are resources controlled by an entity as a result of past events. So they are not resources the entity own. Okay, they are the resources the entity control. So the entity can control resources by direct ownership or that is through acquisition or by leasing an asset. Okay, so once we are controlling the asset, once now, when we say controlling an asset, what does that mean? Controlling simply means that number one, we direct how the asset is supposed to be used. Okay, so direct of the asset, direction of the asset is very important. We direct how it should be used, when it should be used, and we use a greater percentage of it. The second meaning of control is that the substantially all the future economic benefit, the service potential of the assets will flow to the entity. So any money that will be generating from the assets, any service benefit of the assets will belong to us. So let me give you an example of what we mean by resources controlled by an entity with this illustration. Let's say, for instance, my camera there 
that, that we use in there. Let's say that it's a camera that we go to high when we want to shoot videos for our YouTube channel, Instagram TV, Facebook, or on the study portal, or when we want to shoot our podcast. Let's say we go ahead and hide those, that camera. Now, when we hide a camera, maybe we hide or rent it, maybe just for uh, uh, maybe twice every week, then we take it back to the owner, and that is it. That camera cannot be part of the resources we control, okay? Because we only use it just twice a week. Can you imagine that? Twice a week, that's all. But let's flip it up and say that the camera, we own it. We went to buy the camera or we leased the camera. And the camera is in our office. We use it when we want to use it. We shoot videos when we want to shoot videos. We record things when we want to record things. And it is our possession we control how it is used. Then it becomes what? Our assets. I get it, it becomes our assets. That's what you need to understand about this, and I know you understand this from financial reporting, but I'm just repeating this here. Maybe this is your first time of hearing what assets are. Next definition. Contributions from audits. Contribution from audits. This is more like capital, okay? This is more like capital. Contribution of, from audits means future economic benefits or service potential that has been contributed to the entity by parties external to the entity other than those that result in liabilities of the entity that establish a financial interest in the net assets or equity of the entity okay so contribution for owners has to do with external parties their contribution to the entity. Now, this contribution, number one, conveys entitlement both to the distribution of future economic benefits or service potential by the entity during what? its life to the contributors. What does that mean? It means that if I buy shares in a company, I'm a contributor, and it gives me entitlement for the distribution of future dividends, that is the future economic benefits, or if I'm a bond holder to the entity, then uh, it is um, secured on an asset, then in future, if they are not able to pay me, I can take that asset in relation to that. Then, can be sold, exchanged, or transferred, or deemed in relation to that. Economic entity. The word economic entity, as used in Exos 1 means, a group of entities comprising a controlling entity and one or more controlled entity. Now, this is one of the things that is going to begin the differences between the EPSAs and IAS. So when we say uh, economic entity, EE, economic entity, it's a group of entities comprising a controlling entity and one or more controlled entity. Now, let me contextualize this for you in financial reporting. In financial reporting, we would have said consolidate group of companies, okay? Group of companies. So, in a group of companies, we have the parents company, the parents company, and then what? The subsidiaries, 
the parents and the subsidiaries. Now, in IPSAS, we don't say parents. Okay? And we don't say subsidiaries. In IPSAS, we say controlling entity and controlled entity. So the parent is the controlling entity. Okay? The controlling entity. And then the subsidiaries are referred to as the controlled entities. I believe you are getting the understanding. This is this is starting how we're going to be seeing the varieties. Okay, it's the same thing, it's the same concept, but technologies are going to be different. So in as we will say group of companies, in public sector we will say economic entity. So the economic entity is made up of a parent company which we call a controlling entity and its subsidiaries which we call controlled entities. Very important, very important. Next terminology, expenses. These are elements of the financial statements. When we talk about elements of the financial statement, we'll get into that later, but there are assets, there are liabilities, there are expenses, we have net assets or equity if you want. We go to revenue or income. These are elements of the financial statements. So one of the we've spoken about assets already as resources controlled by an entity as a result of past events from which future economic benefit or service potential flows to the old entity. Now we are coming to expenses. Expenses are decreased in economic benefits or service potential during the reporting period in the form of outflow or consumption of assets or in occurrences of liabilities that results in decrease in net assets or equity other than those relating to distribution to owners. What does that mean? Expenses simply means an outflow of cash or a decrease in our economic benefit. So if, for instance, uh, during the year, we have an asset, and the value of that asset, uh, of the, our net asset is, say, uh, 1 million Ghana cities, and during the year, the asset suffers in payments, that means there's going to be a decrease in the economic benefit of the asset or service potential of the asset. Suffers in payment of 10%, and that's going to be 100,000 Ghana cities. That 100,000 Ghana cities becomes what? An expense. Okay? Becomes an expense. Or we buy goods. Payments we make to our employees. All that is also what? An outflow of economic benefits. And that is also an expense. Then, the next definition we want to take is GBE. That is Government Business Enterprise. Government business enterprise means an entity that has all the following characteristics. Remember I told you about government business enterprises that these organizations don't use the IFSAS because they are like private sector organizations so they use the IASs and then the IFRSs. So what are their characteristics? Five, there we go. A, is an entity with the power to contract in its own name. It's an entity with the power to contract in its own name. So it's a separate legal entity. Has been assigned the financial and operational authority to carry on a business. 
has been assigned a financial and operational authority to carry on business. Three, sell goods or services in the normal course of its business to other entities at a profit or full cost recovery. So they sell goods to make profit or at least they should recover their cost, meaning they should break it. Four, it's not reliant on continuing government funding to be a going concern other than pages of output at Amland. So GBEs don't rely on uh, annual funding from the government. No, they are independent on their own. They've been given the financial and operational authority so they raise revenue on their own and they pay their expenses on their own. And lastly, it's controlled by a public sector entity. It's controlled by a public sector entity. So any organization that has these characteristics is referred to as a government business enterprise. And I know you can give a lot of uh, examples of that, government business enterprises. So these include trading enterprises such as utilities, financial enterprises such as financial institutions uh, in relation to that. Next terminology. Now we're going to be uh, looking at liabilities. What are liabilities? Liabilities are present obligation of an entity as a result of past events, the settlement for which results into an outflow of future economic benefits or service potential embodying the entity. That's a liability. So a liability is a present obligation as a result of what? Past events. Okay? As a result of past events. Material. When we say an information is material, what do we mean? And you know this in the private sector, okay? So it's the same thing here. Material. Omission or misstatement of an item are material if they could individually or collectively influence the decisions or assessment of users made on the basis of the financial statement. So when we talk about materiality of an information, we are talking about whether its omission or misstatement will affect or influence users' interpretation of the financial statement of the organization. Now, materiality depends on a couple of factors. It can depend on the nature or the size of the item involved. The nature or the size. So materiality depends on two things, the nature of the transaction and then the size. This is where uh, uh, IAS 24 comes in, and IAS 24 is equivalent to IPSAS 20. In IPSAS 20, we're going to be looking at that disclosure of related party transactions. Is it, is it material for you to disclose it? Yes, you have to disclose it because the nature of it, so because sometimes the size may be insignificant, but because of the nature of the relationship, you need to disclose the transaction in your book. So that is what we mean by uh, materiality, and we'll get into that when we are looking at Exodus 20 later on. Net assets or equity. That's like the capital, okay? That's like capital. Net assets or equity. Is the residual interest in the assets of the entity after deducting all liability. So what do we mean there? Your net asset will be equal to your assets minus the liabilities. Okay? So the residual, what is left, what we have remaining 
after we make all the things. Revenue. What is revenue? Revenue is the gross inflow of economic benefits or service potential during the reporting period when those inflows result in an increase in net assets other than increase relating to contribution from others. So, revenue is the inflow, okay, the gross inflow from the economic benefits. And revenue, one way we can see revenue is when the net assets of the organization also increases. So you've got to be careful in relation to that. Now, the net assets of an organization can increase uh, from the contribution from owners. So if owners contributes to the business, the net asset of the company can increase. But increase in the net asset can be a way of the gross revenue coming into the business for the organization. So these are what you have to understand in relation to the key definitions that we have to look out for in the standard. 